Welcome everybody to this week's Dev Central Connects. My name is Boo, your host today. I am one of the community evangelists on the F5 Dev Central community team. We are supported by community.f5.com. And what that is, is that is F5's global user community online. So if you head over to community.f5.com, you can sign up for a free account on there. There's a lot of stuff that's viewable without having to even sign up anyways. But if you do sign up, you can reply and interact with us on the forums. There's lots of great things that are happening on there. And if you're already an F5 customer, you can learn a lot more about things that you can do with your F5 products. And if you're not an F5 customer, there's still a lot of things that you can learn by checking out the website. So we'd encourage you to check that out. One of the things that I will highlight on Dev Central right now is that we do have this nice little events tab on there. For folks who are listening right now or even just watching me, I'm, I'm looking at my screen on, on what's on Dev Central. And if you head over to the events tab, see a little calendar of things that are happening with Dev Central. There's a number of user groups that are kicking back up these days. So with more in-person meeting and, and whatnot, there's our user groups that are all over the world. And if you check them out on the events tab, you'll actually see where they're happening, how you can sign up and, and get involved with them. So would love for that to be something that you check out every so often. What I will also highlight is that as one of your community evangelists, I'm joined by a couple other community evangelists, Peter and Aubrey, who will be joining me in San Francisco next week for RSA 2023. So last year we made it out to RSA 2022, myself and Peter were out there and we were able to interact with the community see our alliance partners out there, see our channel partners out there, see our customers out there, see all of the uh, familiar F5 faces that we hadn't seen in a while, actually, in person. And we got to meet up with them over at RSA. So make sure you're subscribed to us, whether that's YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. We'll have a whole bunch of content that is coming out via LinkedIn and via YouTube next week for RSA, though. So I would encourage you to make sure you're signed up and at least following the Dev Central counts. Uh, if not following myself, Peter, and Aubrey as well to see all of the content that we'll have coming out from next week. It'll come out next week and it'll come out for weeks after that as well. We usually come back with a whole lot of learnings. We'll create content around the things that we'll learn from next week. And so you'll actually see that released over a period of time because we can't you know, flood up your entire feed with all of that stuff. On the topic of subscribing, there's the subscribing to those social accounts, but there's also subscribing to our audio podcast, which is available via Apple, Google, and Spotify as well. So if you are in the car, you've got a commute, you're going for a run, you're going for a walk, taking the dog out, you could listen to us in your ears if you check us out on one of those platforms. So we just take this, lift it, throw it over to the audio podcast. So we'd love to be able to connect with you on there. But we are live right now. So if you are watching from somewhere, let us know where you are watching us from. We'd love to hear from you. I see Jose. Thank you for joining us again this week. Great to, great to have you on. I believe, Jose, you're a partner. And so there's Partner Connect this week as well. If you are a channel partner with F5, you are probably aware that there is Partner Connect happening this week. So hopefully you are checking that out as well. Lots of good information for our partners on how they can do business with F5 and further their business with us as well. I see Sebastian as well. Hello, Sebastian, former guest for our current Dev Central MVP as well. Great to have you on. Okay, so for this week, we are going to be talking about the 2023, no, 2022, I think is the date that will come out for it, a state of application strategy report. And we're going to be joined by Lori and Cindy for that. So without further ado, I will actually 
bring them on right now. Hello, Lori. Hello, Cindy. How are you? Great to be here. Great to have you on. Just for the folks who aren't familiar with the two of you, maybe we'll start with Lori because you're beside me. I'll, I'll give you guys a second to introduce yourselves. Sure. I'm Lori McVitie. I'm the a distinguished engineer and chief evangelist over in the office of the CTO. And I, I, Cindy and I worked together to put together the 2023 Boo Saint of F strategy. <laughs> and I'm Cindy Borvik. I'm on the corporate strategy team and I work hand in hand with Lori on the 2023 State of Map Strategy Report. And this is our ninth year and we're super excited to be on deck. Central to talk about. Oh, fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. I remember when the SOAS was first, you know, we all refer to it as SOAS, I guess, internally at F5. But when that first came out, it was really cool to be able to have this piece of evidence that we can bring out to folks and say, hey, you know, as I was in sales before and I would go out and talk to customers and be like, hey, this is what I'm seeing out there. But actually having like some firm data that really confirmed why we're doing certain things and making certain moves in the market and be able to show that to folks. And so, yeah, having that time and time again, every year, that evidence is, is really cool. Maybe, you know, if it's been around for nine years, maybe one of you can give us kind of a history on, you know, how it was uh, created at F5 or started with F5. So Lori and I, we, we got together, we were in a conference room in Seattle and we started whiteboarding. We both had a real passion for what was happening in the IT industry around digital transformation and how applications were becoming integral to the, you know, really all organizations and F5 customers organizations and how they were going to market, driving revenue, operational efficiencies. And we had this idea that app delivery and security technologies would really be integral to that digital transformation. And we felt that the industry really needed to need, needed a platform, if you will, to elevate the importance of performance, availability, and, ob and obviously security. And so that, that kind of, that's kind of how we started. And we have evolved the survey, you know, based on current trends. And, and, and what we found is that it is, it is predictive. We, you know, we'll see it. We'll, 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 we'll start looking at the data. We, we, you know, uncover some really cool things. And by the end of the year, so by the end of 2023, we are confident that the trends that we'll be talking about today will be apparent to the wider audience. Awesome. So maybe I'll let you guys kick us off. Like what is what are the one of the what is one of the first trends that you guys are noticing? Wow. Okay. Do I get to go first? Woohoo! Hybrid. Everything's hybrid. Hybrid, mm -hmm. hybrid, hybrid. You want you want some explanation behind that? <laughs> sure. or, or I mean, right. Or so not, you know. so we've tracked two different sets of kind of like distributedness, if you will. Right. For years, both on the application portfolio side and then on the app delivery and security side. So we've been seeing over time this increasing distribution of both across core cloud and then edge showed up. That that became one of the ways that, that things were distributed. SaaS is in there. Right. It's just 
right? Everything is distributed across all those environments on the apps and the app services, if you will. And then also we're seeing that split in the the apps themselves. So they're they're both modern and traditional, right? You've still got three-tier web apps and monoliths running with Kubernetes-based applications and mobile apps, right? So you've got this hybrid app portfolio, this hybrid app locations, this hybrid IT stack, right? So we really believe that the data at this point, not only the trend line across years, but what we found this year right, is showing that IT is definitely kind of entrenched in this hybrid world that they have to operate in. And so what we're saying is, is that hybrid is just the end state, right? There will continue to be innovation. Organizations are continuing to modernize their app portfolio, but that, you know, these, these applications and the estate that the CIO needs to manage will always be hybrid because there, there are, whether there are benefits to particular app architectures, there are benefits to each individual location where an app resides. Some applications are better suited on premise. Some applications are better suited for the cloud. Some are designed for the edge. And so, and there, and every organization is one of, it is starting to reach that maturity where they recognize, okay, how can I take advantage of these diverse application architectures and these diverse application locations to the best of my ability and the best of the apps that are out there and for the organization. So they're reaching this operational maturity and they're on their way. I mean, I shouldn't say they're reaching, they're, you know, they've started the journey and they're going to optimize their portfolio for what is required for them. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that was always what I thought the, not that I'm always predicting the future, but I always thought the future was going to look like that anyways, just seeing like the ability, like when hyperconverge computing came around and you could see like a 2U device have so much compute and storage inside of it. And I'm just thinking it's already like this, like it's only a matter of time before that compute gets more and more dense and we can throw more and more workloads at that thing that people say they don't want to operate a data center. But what if your data center was just that one 2U device? Like maybe you can get away with that at that point. And maybe it gets to the point where maybe people don't see public cloud and private cloud really as different things anymore. They just see it as it's all compute. And really we're getting to the point where we can manage hybrid cloud environments as if it didn't really matter the actual physical location. That's where the operational maturity comes in, right? And mm -hmm. which we've noticed in the survey and we've noticed that folks are expanding their adoption of SRE practices and those that are, are more comfortable with the diverse locations of their applications or more comfortable with the different types of apps that, that are in their portfolio. Yeah. Cool. All right. What's the next one you got for me? I'll kick us off and then, and then Laura can follow. So I do love talking about digital transformation and I love talking about it because I think it has impacted all of us. It's a transformation that has happened that, you know, you can explain to your grandmother or you can explain to your five-year-old. It's about bringing a, a digital world to life. And, and one of the things we asked about in the survey was, as an IT organization, are you providing applications 
to a broader constituency, not just your own internal employees. And what we found this year was 79% of the respondents are providing digital services or digital applications outside their own walls. One of the problems we have, so if you ask an engineer, what's an application? Okay, don't ask an engineer, what is an application? Okay, just, just don't, right? I mean, there's, we have preconceived notions about what is an application. And right, as you point out, right, it's about digital services. A digital service is not an application. It is many applications, right? It's many APIs stringing together applications into a business process that manifests as a cool little app that someone can, right? That's how they would look at it. But behind the scenes, it's a lot more than that. It really is. I like to make sure we make that distinction that a digital service is not one application or even two. It's usually multiple and they could be spread across all these environments, which is why hybrid is so important and why this whole digital transformation uh, you know, phenomenon, if you will, right, is, is, is really impacting everything is because it's that pervasive and it requires all functions within the organization. This isn't just about a pretty interface anymore, right? It's about pulling together legal, finance, right, customer data orders, just-in-time manufacturing into this one thing that I can click on and suddenly have stuff delivered to my door. It's amazing, right? Magic. Well, I just think about like not my city, but I'm pointing south right now. If folks can't see this necessarily on the podcast, but I'm pointing south. But the the city that is directly south of me has an open API for the city for municipal services. And you can look up things like a garbage schedule via API. And you might think, well, who's going to look up a garbage schedule via API? But It's genius because my city has a garbage app that they have to pay someone to maintain. That city just puts out the API and somebody else can make a garbage schedule app, put ads on it or do whatever they want with it. But they've monetized the data that that city has put out. The city puts it out for free because they don't want to manage the garbage app, but they have the data for it. So let's just get it out there and let somebody else deal with that. So I just thought that was like a cool way to digitally transform like a city service it, it it provides like no real value to them but it provides value to the citizens and somebody else can add this value layer on top i immediately started thinking security security oh. True. <laughs> well and, and that is, is so that's really interesting and i love that example right because now there, there's you know the the city itself doesn't even know all the ways that that API could be used. And, but there are, you know, hun- an infinite number of people that can think of cool ways to use that. Right. And maybe, maybe you, maybe you, you, you know, you help your, your, your parents out there figure out what's the, what's the, when is the garbage showing up? When's the school bus showing up? How much time do I have to get my, my child out the door? And also bring the garbage out, right? There's there's all sorts of ways you can think about, you know, changing the lives of folks in every day. But one of the things that we found was we we do we ask folks if their apps are in multiple clouds, and we know that. Am I right, Lori? I believe it's eighty five percent of of the respondents were deploying apps in more than one location, and 
that and but we also ask them about what are they having challenges with those multiple cloud and just about everybody is still having challenges with multiple clouds and the number one challenge is the complexity in the tools and the APIs and managing that complexity across including those APIs so that right now you know there's there's so much promise but there is that complexity of the APIs that they need to they they need to figure out. And yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, it, that connectivity as well. You know, mm -hmm. we need all these clouds to talk to each other, but they speak different languages as far as their connections go. And yeah. and being able to have one cloud talk to another poses interesting challenges. Well, they're all siloed, right? They're all you have to be a domain expert in yeah. Google. You have to be a domain expert. In Azure, you have to be a domain expert and AWS. And, and so, you know, they, they want the, what we're hearing is that folks really want that consistency. They want that consistent layer across those cloud environments. And particularly they want it from a security perspective. And they want, they, they want to under, they want to know that their policies can be consistent no matter where their applications reside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why the multi-cloud networking as being exciting, right, was a, a nice find in the survey this year. Because we just asked, right, what's the most exciting technology? And usually you wouldn't hear something networking exciting, right, since the early days of networking yeah. when everything was changing very rapidly, right? You know, tell me about your backplane, right? <laughs> so to see that come back was very interesting because it, kind of goes along with that finding that complexity is one of the number one challenges because multi-cloud networking is designed to make that connectivity more seamless and reduce the friction that is imposed by those siloed clouds on that consistent app delivery and security layer. So it was kind of, I mean, it was neat to see that it was exciting, and but that the market also feels it's exciting because it's answering a challenge, as Cindy likes to point out, that hasn't been resolved in five years that we've been asking about it, right? It isn't getting better. They're still having challenges. So it needed to be resolved and, right, it just seems the timing is really good for that. So go multi-cloud networking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and the other thing we found out, the folks, you know, we, talk, we talked about the 79% who are offering digital services outside their organization. Those are the, those are the same respondents who are, you know, have an even higher interest in multi-cloud networking and even higher interest in, in adopting zero trust. They, that they're, they're the ones at the forefront of recognizing the problem and know, and, and wanting to, you know, dig into how, how to figure out this challenge. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. They must see it as value, I guess, for the digital services that they're providing, not necessarily just challenges, but, you know, hey, if we're providing digital services for external users, it's either a value that we're just inherently packaging into whatever it is that's going out there, or we could charge more money for better services, or it's competitive, I guess. You know, another person is also delivering these digital services, and do they have issues with reliability or performance. Hey, if I go to this person over here or this company over here, are they going to deliver it better? It's more reliable. I can actually build a business on top of something that's reliable. I can't build a business on top of something that's going to go down all the time. 
Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The you know as as these di- digital services become core to the business and the operations of the business, they become even more important, more heightened. Right. The, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but does F five really care if if my experience is five seconds, you know, late? <laughs> compared, you know, if I'm doing something for an an internal, you know, colleague, but if I'm doing something for a customer, then yes, absolutely. You want to make sure that that experience is as, as, as streamlined and secure, reliable as possible. Definitely. Okay. Maybe we got one more time or sorry, more time for one more point. If, if y'all can pick one. Well, I don't, I don't know what Cindy would pick. I would tie your comments about zero trust and APIs and right security all together in a neat bundle. Because one of the things we found, we asked about zero trust adoption and not because we needed to know that 81% are adopting zero trust. Of course they are, but because we wanted to be able to use that to look at how it impacts adoption and perceptions of other technologies. And when we look at things like API security through that zero trust lens, like the need for identity-based protection, particularly like your authentication and your authorization, right? At that granular API call layer was much higher than folks who were not adopting zero trust. So zero trust as a mindset and a shift toward identity as kind of the center of the security universe seems to hold particularly true in these findings. Yeah, interesting. I'll just leave with a fun fact. I love that. We had about 50% of the respondents say that their favorite movies were sci-fi, fantasy, adventure, or superheroes. That's interesting. (laughs) So they didn't, you know, they weren't really interested in rom-coms. They weren't really interested in drama. They were very very much interested in sci-fi and action, action film. That's cool. That's a, is that a bonus question at the end of the survey or something? That's a bonus question. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. And then how did you guys answer it? I think we, I fall into these like typical category there, right? I mean, fantasy, sci-fi, maybe then action, right? Just, yeah. Yeah. I'm more on the rom-com side. Sorry. Here is arguing about what kind of music we should have introducing, right? Our like webinars. It gets really... It's definitely different. Definitely. We compliment each other. Yes. Lori and I compliment each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. I think we're at a... How uh, would you answer it, Boo? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. You know what? Lately, I've been taking my kids to more and more movies now that, you know, we can go to movies again over the past year. And I've been really enjoying seeing what they like to see. And I've been, I just watched the Super Mario Brothers movie and that was really fun because you could pretty much be any age and you'll have some sort of tie to Super Mario Brothers. Like I, my first video game system was the original Nintendo and the the game that comes with it is Super Mario. And my parents didn't want to buy me other games. They're like, oh, we already bought you this. And it came with the game. So you could just play that game. I'm like, well, you kind of need to buy more games, but okay. So I would just play Mario over and over and over again. So that was my childhood was a lot of Super Mario. And then my kids, you know, over the years, they play Mario Kart and all that stuff. So that was super fun. Cool movie. 
you know, action cartoonish and that was fun and then a good movie i'm talking about movies i've seen as opposed to the genre that i like but uh, i guess i kind of like everything i saw the air air jordan movie the nike one that was yeah a, definitely that was a cool that. one yeah i i got through the book shoe dog a year or two ago with phil knight and, and the rise of nike and so it was cool to kind of see you know his role in in signing michael jordan and stuff very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. I don't know. This year we'll have to see what fun question we're going to add to the survey. But that was that was a awesome question for this year. Very cool. Where can folks? So the you know we've only talked about a couple points here, but there's a lot of data in the survey for people to go over. So where should people go to get more info on it? We should put the. We should go to f five dot com and yeah. sir, and we and we will put the we we will put the URL in the in there the chat. There it is. Yeah. Oh, the research team in the back is on it. They've got the link on there. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well, so that folks can can go grab that report. I always find it's awesome because again, you know, telling people that this is the way that I see things is one thing, but actually going out to the market and getting that data and proving that, hey, this is how your peers are looking. Is it the same as what you're thinking? Maybe not, but here's some things to think about as well. So always good to have this kind of data. So appreciate you guys putting the time into it. Absolutely. We're happy, yep. happy to do it. Very happy to do it. Cool. So there is the research team has put in links to follow you guys on all the socials and whatnot as well. So thank you very much, Cindy and Lori, for joining me today. I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. Lori's a repeat guest already anyways. So we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Awesome. Thank Thanks you very so much. much. Bye guys. See ya. Alrighty. Great to have Cindy and Lori on again, check out the link that the research team has thrown into the chat. We'll make sure that's in the show notes and description of this video as well. Lots of data in there. Lots of things to think about as far as managing your application estate and, and how you're delivering your apps and securing your apps. So really important to do that. A couple of things that I'll end with again next week, myself, Peter Aubrey will be at RSA 2020, 2023. I don't know why I keep saying 2022 these days, but 2023 will be, <laughs> will be in San Francisco next week for that. So please do, if you are there, come check us out, take a selfie with us. We at the very least say hello. I think we might have, I got a bunch of stickers in my bag that I'd love to give to you as well of Jimmy Packets, but otherwise swing by the F5 booth. We've got a lot of fun stuff happening there. There's like a big claw machine actually. So you come over, have a chat with somebody, go operate the claw machine and it pulls out a, a, a prize for you as well. I think they're giving away drones and whatnot as well. So worth, worth coming by, checking us out. Otherwise head over to community.f5.com, sign up for there check out the events tab and then you'll see all the user groups that events that are happening uh, these days as well. Lots of exciting ones, lots of fun ones to participate in. Meet your peers out there in the F5 community as well and see what they're up to and learn from them as well. Just like we're doing with the SOAS report, we're learning from all of the people in the market, heading to things like RSA, you're going to learn from your peers, going to the user group events, you're going to learn from your peers as well. So love to see that community interaction out there. Thank you very much for joining us today. Please make sure you hit like, subscribe on all the things, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and on audio podcasts as well, Apple, Google, and Spotify. Otherwise, thank you very much for checking us out today, and we will see you next week.